Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and I'm reading first today from the December 2022 issue of the Voice of the Martyrs newsletter magazine. Our story today is entitled Finding His Own Path, and it's uh, taking us to North Korea. Let me read. Dylan Kim has many fond memories of his father's ministry work with North Korean defectors. As far back as 2006, he remembers his father, Kim Jong-wook, dividing his time between South Korea and China as he served and proclaimed the gospel to North Koreans. In 2008, when Dylan was a teenager, his family moved from South Korea to Dandong, China, a large port city just across the Yalu River from North Korea. And there, Dylan served alongside his father. Excuse me. He says, We worshiped together with North Korean defectors in some apartments in different areas, Dylan said. We gave them a place to stay, food to eat, and did discipleship training with them. Dylan also watched his father train each believer in evangelism in case they ever returned to North Korea. In early 2012, Dylan, then 17, returned to South Korea for college. And in September of the following year, his father came to South Korea to visit Dylan and his older brother. He told us that he was planning to go into North Korea, Dylan said, recalling his final memory of his father. He also told us that he was only going to go in for a short time, and then he would come out. Kim Jong-wook was arrested a month after entering North Korea. Dylan and the rest of his family weren't surprised by his father's arrest, which they learned about through a press conference that included his father. Kim Jong-wook had previously been detained, briefly in other countries, such as Laos, for illegally helping North Korean defectors. At the time, China was pressuring Laos and other nearby countries to repatriate North Koreans to North Korea by returning them to China. Dylan said he, he doesn't think his father was surprised by his arrest in North Korea either. My father explained to us about his calling for North Korean missions, and that he was putting his life on the line. Dylan recalled of their last visit he had faith enough to die if he was meant to die. Some think North Korean informants infiltrated Kim Jong-wook's inner circle and persuaded him to enter North Korea so they could capture him. He is one of four South Korean missionaries currently imprisoned in North Korea and one of about 30,000 Christians suffering in prisons and labor camps there. Following his arrest, Kim Jong-wook was convicted of spying and starting underground churches. North Korean authorities sentenced him to life in a labor camp where prisoners are often treated like animals, forced to work along others with hours and hours of slave labor and, and beaten until they bleed. Malnourishment is common, driving some prisoners to eat rats for survival. When Dylan heard the news of his father's arrest, he immediately turned to God in prayer. I did not ask questions or blame God, he said. I prayed for God to give him back to us. I also figured that my dad would be tortured, so I prayed that he would not lose his faith. We prayed these things together as a family sometimes, and I also prayed alone. As Dylan continued to pray for his father, he also focused on his own calling. 
He began attending seminary abroad in 2018, sleeping little and losing weight during his first semester. When he returned to South Korea at the end of the semester, his aunt scheduled a doctor's appointment out of concern for his health. Dylan then learned that he had contracted tuberculosis, causing him to remain in South Korea for treatment and six months of recovery. While recovering from his illness, Dylan worked part-time with VOM, Voice of the Martyrs, in South Korea, handling maintenance and administrative tasks. After several months, he was hired full-time to visit and help disciple North Korean defectors in Seoul and Daejeon, while continuing to perform administrative tasks and work in facilities maintenance. He especially enjoys teaching the North Korean defectors. When I teach the Word of God to the students and I see them understand, it makes me happy, he said. Dylan said the personal connections he made with North Koreans brings to mind ministry work with his father. With my own eyes, Dylan said, I saw North Korean defectors going through extremely difficult situation when I was in China. And so when I hear the stories from our students of the difficulties that they're going through, it is not something new to me. It's very familiar. Through his work with VOM in South Korea, Dylan said, God has given him multiple opportunities to grow in faith. In each of these experiences, I had a resistance to taking the next step, he recalled. But because it is what God gave me to do, I stepped forward. Through these processes, I realized that I am not doing this by my own strength, but by the power of God. In addition to these daily growth experiences, Dylan is also participating in mission trips. While doing these mission trips, I saw North Korean defectors preaching the gospel to other North Korean defectors for the first time, he said. For example, one person is very shy, but I saw them being outgoing and sharing the gospel. And so I saw the change in them and the power of the gospel. And he has had many opportunities to share his own testimony with students, creating empathy and fellowship between them through the discovery of similar sorrows and experiences. Many of them are touched, cry, and pray for my father, he said. Most of them have family members in North Korea. A frontline worker who has observed Dylan's work said his relationships with North Korean students have greatly benefited Dylan through personal growth and healing. They pray for him and his dad and his family, the frontline worker said, and together they share the pain of being apart from loved ones who are inside North Korea. Dylan has heard no news about his father since the initial press conference, but he continues to pray for direction about his future, confident that the best way to follow in his father's footsteps is to heed his own calling from God. I want to do work that gives glory to God, he said. I think that the work of saving souls is the work that makes Father God most happy and gives him the most glory. Amen. That's from the Voice of the Martyrs newsletter of December 2022. Well, also on this special day of the week, and we do this once a week, I want to go to Extreme Devotion. Extreme Devotion. It's a devotional book that's put out by Voice of the Martyrs. Um, this book catalogs the struggles of God's people in past years. Right now we're going to old Russia and George Deltanashko. George Deltanashko knew his government did not want people propagating the gospel of Christ. 
But he had a stronger conviction to obey the commandments of Christ, even if it conflicted with the laws of his country. It was not a huge surprise to him when the police came to his door. He figured it was inevitable that they would find out about his ministry activities because of the literature he had been spreading. When his trial date came, he was given a state-appointed communist attorney. George boldly told the judge, I don't want a lawyer. I feel I am right. Righteousness needs no defense. The judge asked him, Do you plead guilty? He replied, No. To spread the good news of God's love is the duty of all Christians. The judge then asked him to join the ranks of the official churches, which were nothing more than state-run puppet churches, but George refused. The state church followed the commandments of the state, not the commands of God. Well, the judge was getting frustrated. Where do you meet for worship, he, he demanded. True believers worship everywhere. <laughs> and George Deltonoshko was sentenced to three years in prison, where he continued to carry out his work and worship. He was right. Righteousness needed no defense. Psalm 37 verses 5 and 6 says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Doing the right thing may be a popular motto. That's easier said than done, however, because what is right in God's eyes often conflicts with popular opinion. The dispute between right and wrong often becomes apparent in a classroom, a workroom, even a courtroom or church. We can't rely on our environment to tell us what is right. People can persuade us to confuse compromise with righteousness. God's word is the only defense for determining what is right in every situation. Others may not understand or agree with the choices we make. However, God promises to honor our commitment to doing what is right. And those who observe us will see the light and feel the warmth of our righteous actions. Amen. Well, if you'd like to be put on the mailing list of Voice of the Martyrs and receive free your own copy of that VOM newsletter I read first, just contact them, vom.org. Tell them what you want. Or if you'd like a copy of this extreme devotion, it's not free, but it's available to you also at Voice of the Martyrs. You could perhaps send them uh, an email at thevoice at vom.org and ask how you could get that copy, or perhaps there at vom.org you could find all of these things. Anyway, this is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and this audio is being released on the 28th of January, 2023. Lord willing, we will talk again real soon. Bye-bye.